is smart for the shit start, before it get dark, before they hit you with the pitchfork. Good evening, Better everybody. Welcome to the Tic Tac Hockey Podcast. It's been a little while since we've been around, but we are back, and we hope to, you know, make this a, a weekly podcast again like it was last year. It's just sometimes real life catches up with you. That's just kind of the way it goes. Your host, co-host, I guess. Uh, the one speaking is Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy. You might know me from Dauber Hockey or Osmo.com. Uh, with me, as he will be every week, is uh, the inimitable Adam Daly Frey. Is it Adam Daly Frey or just Adam Daly? Like, which... uh, it's, it's Daly Frey, but I just go by Daly because it's a nightmare. Like Everybody screws it up. So F-R-E-Y is pronounced Frey? Well, it's German. Yeah, but I'm going to... Com- That's horse shit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it like isn't the German fry like F R E I? I think like, like, I think that would that would be Frey, like the guy that got canned from the Denver Post for not liking the Japanese guy winning the Indy Five Hundred. <laughs> Good old Terry. Yeah, poor guy. Anyways, enough of that. Uh, we got a twelve-game slate ahead of us. Um, it's a large, large slate to try to wrangle. Um, I don't know how you approach large slates like this. I know, like for me personally, like you have to narrow it down, right? Like you can't, there's 24 teams playing. Um, you know, if you consider the top two lines in each team in play, then you have 48 lines in play. Um, if you're someone like me that only does 20 max, you obviously do not, you like, you can't actually play every line. Um, so you really do have to narrow down your focus. Um, what I do normally is I go through and I try to pick out what I think will be the chalk. Like if you look at the slate, um, like I said, we have 12 teams or 12 games, 24 teams. Uh, the obvious chalk is Boston at home to Ottawa. Um, the Bruins are, I think it was minus 375 favorites on Pinnacle when I saw it. They had the early odds up. Um, Boston top line on DraftKings is just a shade under 24K, but I imagine they're still going to be wildly popular. So, like, when I approach a large slate, something like that, like, I'll just X them out right from the start and I won't even consider them. Like, how do you, do you have a different approach um, to larger slates than, you know, the eight or nine gamers that we might get from time to time or even the smaller ones? Well, I'm I'm a one lineup guy, so I'm definitely a little different. And it's just I basically just take my top projected line and whoever fits. So tomorrow night, like chances are good that I'm gonna have Boston's top line and like I don't know Ottawa's third line or Ottawa's second line or just some junk cheap second line, and then I'll go from there. But <laughs> so, you know, it's so like 12, it's a 12, weird... twelve games, and you're gonna game stack the Senators. <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> Picked out a cheap junk line as an example for it. I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna game stack the sentence. I'm not crazy, but like it, it's different, right? Being a one line guy. Yeah, that's true, and I think that's another thing that that listeners really got to, you know, kind of keep an eye on is is what what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Are you playing 150? Are you playing 100? Are you playing 20? Are you playing three? Are you playing one? Like those all bring in um, different strategies. You still have you still have kind of the same idea of what you're trying to do, but it does involve different strategies, especially when you're talking about your mix and what lines and teams you're going to use. So let's talk about some of those lines and teams. Now, we're not going to go game by game here because there's 12 games and we don't want to make this, uh, you know, like a a 90-minute podcast or something like that. So we're just going to pick out a few things. And 
one thing here um, that should be noted is that half the teams, 12 out of uh, 24, are on back-to-backs. There's, there's eight games on Friday night, and there's a lot of teams um, that played on Friday night, so we're not going to have all the information um, as of right now. Uh, the first team and the first line that jumped out at me is the Arizona 1. Arizona's at home to Colorado. Uh, we don't have odds yet up on Pinnacle, not the last I saw anyway. I imagine Arizona will probably be a small favorite, especially with Colorado's injuries. Remember, Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog both out of the lineup. Colorado also on a back-to-back. Arizona's at home and rested. Now, what the top line's going to be, we don't quite know right yet because, um, one, it's tough to get Arizona information, and two, um, they changed their lines a bit last game when they got beat at home 4-1 to Montreal. But they did run the line of Schmaltz, Keller, and Kessel through, for the entire third period. And that's the line that I was hoping they'd run um, right from the outset of the season. Uh, Schmaltz is a great playmaker. I mean a great playmaker. Not a good goal scorer, but a great playmaker. And he seems like the exact kind of center that you want to play with a guy like Phil Kessel and a guy like Clayton Keller. They're also not super expensive. If I'm not mistaken, they're 14.9 or right on 15K. So they're kind of, you know... They're not. They don't have to be this this stack that you focus your entire lineup around. They're more of like a complementary stack. Um, but I really like that mix of players, and I'm excited to see Schmaltz on that line. If he ends up being on that line again, we're going to need some information. Now, I I don't I know how you feel about Arizona particularly because it's it's hard to get information. But um, if Schmaltz were on that line, would you have more or less interest on that line than? If Stepan was there, and do you have any interest in that line at all? I mean, if, if Schmaltz is there, I'm definitely interested in that line. I've been a big fan of his going back to when he was playing with uh, Patty Kane. The only issue on DraftKings, at least, is he doesn't ever shoot the puck. So you're not going to get the shot bonus or anything like that. But, you know, if he's there, FanDuel, love him. But, yeah, you kind of mentioned it with uh, hating Arizona, like, we're not going to have info. It's just a reality is Colorado, Arizona, both teams are horrible. We're not going to have any news. Colorado's on the back-to-back. The only news that we're going to get is on goalies, basically. And I'm assuming it's a later game because it's in Arizona. I haven't checked what time it actually starts. But basically, I'm making my lineup. I'm ignoring this completely. I, I love Schmaltz. I love Keller. I love Castle. But... I, I can't look this way at all. Yeah, that's, I think, like, the, the the lineup information is the issue, right? And it's not, that that Arizona's at home makes it more likely that we're going to get information because I don't, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there's not a single beat writer that goes on the road with them. So if they go on the road, the only information you get is from um, the opposing team's writers, which, like, to me, like the, it just blows my mind that this is a professional sports league and there's one team that just doesn't get covered on the road. But anyways, um, but they're at home. So there's at least, you know, Craig's Morgan or maybe Cat Silverman might have something. So that's something to check out um, tomorrow. Again, if that Schmaltz-Kessel-Keller uh, line is together, that's something I have a lot of interest in. Is there any particular game that's that's jumping out at you on the slate? I know one one of the early games that um, I think will carry a lot of ownership is Toronto and Philly. Um, is there anything else at you that jumps out um, on the slate? Is there a line you like? Is there a team you like? Is there a matchup that you think we might should be you should be exploiting? 
well, one of the ones I'm looking at right now is Vegas Winnipeg. So Winnipeg's playing while we're recording this, or they're about to play. There's no info on Brian Little. Uh, Line is probably still out, and Nathan Bow. I'm not going to try and pronounce it. I'm not French enough. But uh, the defenseman, Nathan B., is all probably still out. And Winnipeg's just horrendous defensively. They're like 65% penalty kill. They're getting pasted in shots every game. Um, and then so with the back-to-back, with travel, you got a rested Vegas home team. Every line on Vegas just projects so highly. Alex Tuck is back, so their third line's great. You know, Stasny, Stone, Pacioretty, you know what you're getting there. They're like elite. And obviously, Marcheseau Carlson and Riley Smith, another fantastic line. And those top two lines both have full power play correlation. So that, that to me, I my issue is always picking which one I'm going to use. Because, again, one lineup guy. In a perfect world, you know, maybe I do play a few more lineups to, to get both of them in, but I'll definitely have one of those two lines. Yeah, I mean, it. I think the thing for me, like, I'm going to wait to look at your matchup uh, sheet. Like, for anybody that's not aware, Adam has a matchup sheet on his Patreon that he, or that he serves through his Patreon, and it's, he takes care of line matching and line combinations and power play combinations and, and, the underlying stats of those line combinations and stuff. So if you head to his Twitter account, a daily fray F R E Y, um, you can go visit his Patreon. Like I look at it every single day. Um, it's an invaluable resource for me. So, um, anybody that wants to get better at DFS NHL, um, should definitely go check that out. Um, so I'll be interested to see what your sheet has to say about that tomorrow, because I think, um, you know, assuming little's not back, like, Little and Line A being out actually kind of makes me want to use them, use Vegas a little less because I think their depth is better defensively than Little and Line A. Um, so I'm gonna have to wait and see if Little's back. If he's back in the lineup, I like I might have some some more interest um, going up uh, against his line. So we'll have to wait and see um, what the health on Brian Little is. Um, when I look across this slate, I see there are, are there are a handful of missed matchups. Um, you know, Ottawa going into Boston is obviously one of them. Detroit going into Philadelphia is another. Uh, but one that should seem like a mismatch, but I'm not quite sure it is, is Chicago going into L.A. It's the very last game on the slate. Starts at 1030 Eastern. Um, L.A. changed their lines recently, and the top line was Kopitar, Carter, with, and Carl Grundstrom. And then Chicago's also been messing with their lines. Top line of Jonathan Taves, Alex Nylander, Brandon Saad. That's nothing to be worried about. Uh, second line of Patrick Kane, David Kampf, uh, and Kubelik. Again, nothing to really be concerned over. Uh, they've got Dylan Strom. They say it's the fourth line with Strom and Debrinkat. It's not really the fourth line. It's just kind of the way that it, it, it appears on on game sheets and stuff like that. But... You know, those aren't two good defensive teams, and I kind of wonder if this game gets overlooked. Like, do you have any feeling on that? Like, you know, we've been we've talked off air some a little bit with other people about how it seems the Eastern teams get attacked um, a lot, and I think 
part of that is people just don't want to stay up until 10, 11 o'clock at night and have to late swap. Um, on a weekend, it might be different. But uh, that Chicago-LA game is kind of enticing me more for the LA side. Like, I think that's a that's a team that goes, like, you can probably get Kopitar 4 or 5% or something because it's such a big slate. So what are your thoughts on the Chicago-LA matchup? Would there be any line that you think uh, might stand out to you? Uh, I'm probably going to go lean towards the Kopitar and Carter line, but um, I'm kind of open to subject- suggestions on this one. Yeah, for this one, I'm thinking, like, both teams horrible defensively, um, but both teams can't score. So the first thing I thought of when I was looking at this game was, you know, give me Robin Leonard or hopefully Jack Campbell. I'm not a big fan of Quick or Campbell, but, you know, they would both be pretty cheap. I think Quick's 7,400. Um, every, hey, <laughs> every goalie 7,400 in that game. All the, all perfect. The, all the starts and backups. So it, <laughs> it really seems like DK doesn't know what the fuck to do either with that game. Well, like, ever since L.A. changed coaches and they've got McClellan running the bench, like, they're taking a shit ton of shots every game. And, like, using a goalie against L.A. is kind of like using a goalie against Carolina where, you know, you're going to see 30-plus shots for sure. And, you know, whereas Carolina can score in bunches, L.A. hasn't really shown the ability to do that. You know, they've got the weird new lines. I also don't trust that the Lions are going to be, you know, confirmed or anything um, with those late games. It's always tough getting getting news out of L.A. If I was going anywhere in this game, I'd probably start looking at uh, Chicago's, I don't know if you want to call it second line, with Saad, Camp, and Kubelik. Saad and Kubelik, you know, they're both like... No, Saad, Saad got moved out to the top line today. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, practice. shit, I missed top, that. Top line was Nylander, Taves, and Saad, and then the second line was Camp, Kubelik, and Kane, if I'm not mistaken. Oof. Okay, well, I love that line then. Like, we shouldn't call it the KKK line, I'm assuming? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was Taves between Nylander and Saad, Camp between Kane and Kubelik. Fuck. Oh, man, like... Uh, no, I'm not even going to bother. No. Anyways, Kajula, Doc, and Shaw, and then Debrinkat, Carpenter, and Strom. Okay, well, that second line then, um, yeah. Can't can't come up with a good, reasonable nickname, so second line it is. Kublik is just a shot machine. Like, he's one of the top... <laughs> I can't stop thinking of... Let's <laughs> Like, uh, like, there's so many jokes I want to make, especially where one guy's last name is Camp. Like, oh my god! Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna try to. Let's not wade into those waters uh, no. at this time. Anyways, I don't know if you lost your spot, but keep going. <laughs> um, now basically Kubelik, uh, guy. It's a shot machine. He's like top 20 in shots per 60. The issue is he never really gets the chance to play. So if he's playing with Kane and he's playing with Camp at even strength, like I'm expecting him, I guess, to see a little more ice time than he did with Saad. Uh, and he's also second power play. And they use him as the six forward if, you know, in empty nets. Jeremy Colleton clearly shows some trust in Kubelik. 
Uh, he's taken over for Strom on the power play a few times. And, like, he just fires the puck. So especially on DraftKings where you get the shot bonus, like, I think it's very possible he ends up there. Um, then playing with Camp, who he's played with basically every game so far. Um, and then, you know, Patrick Kane, like, everybody that plays with him typically gets that uptick. Kane's a little pricey at 7400 but uh, I mean, the line on the whole, like, you could probably fit them with Boston's top line if you got super punty other places, so yeah, that that would be the only place I go. And then, you know, like I said, the goalies. Big, big fan of Leonard or Crawford or whoever's playing. Yeah, so let's galaxy brain the shit out of this and go play on Yahoo where there's two goalies and then just play Leonard and Quick. I have never played on Yahoo. Yeah, uh, apparently you Did, play... Didn't realize that's how it goes. Yeah, apparently you play two goalies, so... Um, yeah, let's galaxy brain this and go go over to Yahoo and play uh, play two goalies from the same game. I mean, I'm not. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, like, I'm not I, actually gonna what, do what that. What a weird fucking setup that is. Yeah. Um. Like, can you like? That's a lot of tilt that you're gonna have to go through on a daily basis if you're playing two goalies every night. Oh man. Oh yeah, like tilt tilt every goalie right now. Like I'm using Bennington tonight. He's let one goal in and I'm ready to throw my phone across the street. That always happens too, eh? Like, whenever you're playing, like, if, if your goalie lets in one goal, it's like, ah, fuck, night's over. Yeah. Slate's done. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, shut off the computer, let's yeah. watch the TV. Yeah. Fire up Battlefield and uh, take take out the aggression. Did you... Oh, man, I'm, I'm getting so done with Modern Warfare. Like... I'd, I, I think it's just going to be a waste of $100. I'm already back to playing Black Ops 4. But anyways, we're not here for video game talk. Um, <laughs> okay, we have, like I said, we have 12 games on this slate. I think another very interesting game is another one of the late games, and it's Vancouver going into San Jose. Um, I talked about this on the Osmo show, but I don't think people are quite cluing into just how bad um, San Jose's been to start the year. Like, let alone they have four wins in 13 games or whatever as of when we're recording this. Um, like, their shot share numbers aren't good. And their defensive numbers aren't good. And Vancouver's are, like, really good. Like, near the top of the league good. Um, both teams are going to be playing on back-to-backs. I'm going to assume not much changes with the lineup because not much really has changed. Like, Vancouver's been going with pretty much the same lineup, you know, other than injuries. Um, Sven Berchi might be back in the lineup. He got called up today. Um, Vancouver's gone with pretty much the same lineup. Like San Jose's changed things up a little bit, but they've typically gone back to the pairs of Kane and Hurdle um, and Contour and Meyer, uh, and then just fill in around that, usually Marlowe with Meyer and so on. Um, but I think that's a pretty interesting game because uh, Vancouver was like hyper overpriced for Friday night slate. Um, they were 21000 uh, 400, I believe, and <laughs> believe it or not, um, their price has gone up. It's 21,800 on this slate, so it's kind of that conundrum. Like, I think, like, Vancouver, I think, is wildly overpriced at 21,800, but I also think it's a better matchup than people realize going into San Jose. Not only are they, you know, San Jose has always been a target because they've had bad goaltending for like five years now. Other than that one good year Martin Jones had miraculously. Um, 
but Vancouver going in to San Jose, like Vancouver draws a lot of penalties. Um, San Jose's not been a good defensive team this year. They have bad goaltending. Like I'm not looking forward to paying twenty one thousand eight hundred for a team on the road. Um, but judging by, I, I want to see their ownership um, from Friday night's game because if that ownership is low from Friday night, uh, probably gonna end up playing them on Saturday night because you could probably get that line at one or two percent. Do you have any thoughts on on playing that super expensive line going into San Jose or? Where are you going to be on the San Jose? Is there some, you know, some interest in San Jose? Is there maybe something missing from that team that that I haven't picked up on? No, I think you you pretty well nailed it. Like San Jose is just a tire fire. You know, signing the ghost of Patrick Marleau is not really going to help your defensive shoes. It, you know, he's good on the power play or whatever, but like every line he's played with so far has been getting caved in. Um, so I mean. Do I like Vancouver? Of course. You know, it's going to be Aaron Dell and Annette back to back, even though it's also back to back for Vancouver. I just can't eat that price tag. Like 20, 21 8 is a little too much for me. I, I get it. If, you know, you're playing five plus lineups, go for it. I think it's a good way to differentiate off Boston, and it's going to be a fairly low ownership. But I mean, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing here, right? Is like, like I'm, like I said, I'm gonna wait to see the ownership for Friday night's game. But if I could tell you that I, you, you could like, I, they are overpriced, like way overpriced. I agree. But if I told you you could get the Vancouver top line at one percent on a twelve game slate, would you not be interested in playing them? Like I kind of am. And that, like that's the only reason. Like it's not because I think it's a great matchup, even though I think it's a decent one. Um, and it's not because I think the pricing is right. I think they're wildly overpriced. I think that we're gonna get a really good um, line at one percent or less. Like I honestly think we could see some like zero point seven percent JT Miller. I mean the guy's like seven K or something like that. I think it's to the point where it's so they're so overpriced that it, they might actually be worth playing. You know what I mean? Like I understand what you're saying by it's, it's tough to stomach, but I just think I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it or just you know. I, I mean I, I think it basically comes down to like what what do you value more? A total point projection? They're probably a little bit below Boston one high points at lower ownership you know like that's that's kind of up to you it's not a thing i really tend to think about because i only play the one lineup ownership to me is kind of whatever i mention it on the pod because that's what we talk about but i don't really care if i'm using boston one and they're 25 percent like it is what it is if they're the best line then Cool. Give them to me at eighty percent. Doesn't really make a difference. I'll differentiate other places. Yeah, I mean, like, the, I almost wish it was a smaller slate because, like, twelve game slates. Like, I'm with you. I, I like, I really don't care about ownership. Like, I think Florida's going to end up being pretty chalky um, on this slate at home to Detroit. Detroit coming off the back to back. Florida's expensive, but they're under twenty k. Uh, but like even if Florida's chalky, what's chalky on a on a twelve game slate like ten percent? So that's why like I almost wish it was a seven or eight or an eight game slate, like it was Friday night. So 
Yeah, I kind of like. I don't think I'm gonna end up playing them, but I also I don't think I'd begrudge anybody who did because I think anybody who does, would they would kind of fall into two. And it's weird, right? Like the same play could be viewed at from two different perspectives. I think either it's an incredible fish play because you're paying you're like paying way way over what you should for a road team, or it's a sharp play because you're going to get a, a line with perfect correlation that's been great to start the year at uh, 1% ownership. So, uh, you know, I think on your perspective, like that, it could change how you view that game. I don't think I'm going to have any, but like I said, I don't think I could begrudge anybody that does. Now, I got to bring this game up for obvious reasons. Montreal going into Dallas. Now, I was a Dallas Stars fan for about a year. And I'm not a Dallas Stars fan anymore. Back to Montreal. Dallas sucks. Like, they're bad. Like, I'm not... I don't think they'll make the playoffs. At least not unless they fire their coach. They're definitely not going to make the playoffs. And Montreal's coming in town. And Montreal's probably one of the best teams in the league right now. Dallas at least as of Friday night, have the Ben Sagan and Radulov line back together. Now, if they're still together, I might have some interest in playing them. If they don't, then I, I think we can just fade this team. And then, yeah, the Montreal top line coming in, who's arguably, arguably been one of the best top lines in the NHL since the start of last year, and I mean that sincerely. Go look at the numbers from other top lines. I know at the start of... This like they outscored the Boston top line per sixty minutes last year. So, you know the Montreal top line coming in town, great numbers, facing off against Dallas, bad team. But we might have Sagan, Ben, Radulov together. So, Mister Daly, Montreal top line, Dallas top line. You have to pick one in this game. Assume Sagan, Ben, and Radulov are together. Which line would you take? And I ask question because the two top lines aren't that far apart in price. It's like $600. So, Montreal top line, Dallas top line. You can only pick one from this game. Which one do you go with? It pains me to say it, but I'm going to go with Dallas's top line because, you know, they're having a bad year or whatever, but there's no spare parts. And with Montreal's top line... There's no power play correlation because Gallagher and Tatara are different units. Deneau doesn't play the power play at all. Whereas, you know, Dallas's top line, full power play, good to go. But Deneau doesn't shoot the puck. He doesn't block. He doesn't do anything. He's a completely useless spare part, and he's 4,300. And I just, I can't justify that. So if you asked me which player in this game is going to have the best game, I'd probably say Brendan Gallagher. But if you're comparing line to line, like to me, it's got to be Dallas's top line. It can't be Montreal. They just don't have the right fit. And they're an insanely good line, but not not tonight. And see, that's my thing. I know that they don't have perfect correlation, but the thing with the Habs is their power play sucks, right? So even if they did have perfect correlation, like I don't think it would even move the needle for me. It's, it's like Columbus. It's like, you know, Nyquist, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Atkinson. Even if they're all in the same power play, you know, I really don't give a shit because the power play sucks so much. And I, I feel the same way with Montreal. 
And that's why I ask that question is because I know that they don't have perfect correlation. They don't have any correlation whatsoever, but they are, I think, the superior line. I like, I don't, I don't know. So, where... so the thing that I usually do when I'm playing Montreal, which I do fairly often, is I just go to Tyre Gallagher and then mix in Shea Weber. And that's it. Like, you don't have to full stack a line. No, you don't. And that's that's actually something I, I started doing less of this year is I did start doing more pairs pairs of players and then with a defenseman, especially on the power play. Like, you you know, if, if you have, like Tampa Bay, for example, if you have Platt, Johnson, and Point, and Johnson plays on one power play unit and the other two play on the other, then I'd take uh, Point and Platt and then Hedman. You know what I mean? Then leave Johnson off. So I go with that three man stack as opposed to the three forwards. So I've been, I have I've been doing that more this year. Um, it's led to, led to some success so far, not a lot, uh, but I think it's doing well. And I think that's something you could probably do here. But I bring that I bring that up because, like like you said, like I was talking about, um, that line does play well. But Dano is like you you pretty much need him to get three assists, right? Three assists and even strength. And that's hard to come by. So I think I'm with you. Well, like, especially with the new DK scoring, like, you need five, like, two assists is less than five shots. Right. Which like, is, like, if Dano goes out and gets two assists and has two shots on goal, that's probably not good enough for a GPP. No, exactly. Right. So, I mean, uh, like, I, I'd hate to say that I'd play the Dallas line. I'm going to wait to see how the game pans out on Friday, because maybe that line won't even be together. But um, I wonder if that Montreal top line does get overlooked. I I know I'm probably going to have, you know, regardless of of the stacks that I go with, I probably will have a fair amount of Thomas Tatar. I think, like, I like playing Gallagher, but I just think um, he's getting overpriced. Like, he's over 7K now. Like, that's a lot, especially for a guy that, whose power play production you can't rely on, like, He's one of the 10 most expensive players on the entire slate. Like, he's only a few hundred dollars cheaper than Brad Marchand, and at least Brad Marchand plays on a good power play. Like, he's $500 cheaper than Marchand. Marchand's at home on a great power play to Ottawa, while Montreal's on the road in Dallas. You know what I mean? So, I think that's why if I, I had to pick one guy off the line, it would be Tatar. But I don't know. I might stack that line. I, I know the points that you're making, and that's why I asked that question. Um, but we'll see. So. Did- did you have an opinion on their second line, the, the Stars? <laughs> yeah, that it should be yeeted into the fucking ocean. Well, I mean, that's that's a very good line to, you know, pair with a pricey one because it's like just a little over 10k. Yeah, but that full but... full second power play correlation. I know Pavelski's I'm... dust and honestly, if if the if the line isn't Sagan, Ben, Radulov, I don't want to play it. Any line on that team. Fair enough. Like, just honestly, fuck that whole team. Just, I'm so fucking done with them. And, like, and, all right. Anyways, I'm gonna start cursing too much. Let's move to the game that I think will probably carry the most total ownership, and it's Toronto going into Philadelphia. Um, it looks like Tavares is gonna be back. Uh, like, was that confirmed? I didn't see if it was confirmed or not. I haven't seen if it's confirmed either, but I mean, he practiced. Yeah, he's been pra- so. he's been practicing all week too. It's, it wasn't just the first practice either. Um, yeah, yeah, but with line rushes, like I'm, I'm sure he's back because they changed, changed the other line, right? They changed Moore and Mikhaev. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming he's back. Okay, so let's assume Tavares is back. So let you know, Janssen, Matthews, Nylander, Moore, um, Tavares, um, Marner. Going into Philadelphia, Philadelphia playing a back-to-back. They're playing tonight um, in New Jersey. And Philly's second line, I don't want you to tell me. I saw that they had two goals already, but Philly's second line has been has, was great when they were put together last year, and they've been great again this year. The line of Couturier, Lindblom, and Konechny. The top line, not so much. Both lines have a perfect correlation. So Philly 1 is all, are all on the top power play unit, Philly power play unit. Um, Toronto coming in town. Uh, we assume that the... Like, are we assuming that they're going to go back to Janssen, Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, power play? Or Ma- Matthews, Marner? Yeah, that that seems seems pretty fair yeah, um, to assume. So we assume that they go back to that um, for their power play, which means you get two guys on the first line and one power play. And um, two guys on the other line, none of them being Nylander. Uh, so that starts to tank his value. So I think you have at least four lines in this game that are very viable. Uh, like, what do you do here? Where do you go? Like, like Couturier, Couturier's line is good enough that they should be able to run anybody over. But then again, um, they're playing against either Tavares and Marner or Matthews and Nylander, neither of which is an easy matchup. So, um, of those four lines, like, which would you be inclined to use? And before we dig in... Um, Philly 2's line actually goes down on this slate. Um, Limblom down to 4,500. Konechny under 6K. Um, Couturier in the mid-5. So that entire line, if I'm not mistaken, on Friday night slate, Philly's second line was like 17-4, and then now they're down to 15-9 for this game. Top line um, at 18-4. Uh, Toronto both... One's at 18-2, the other's at 17-5, so both a lot more expensive. Uh, what would you do here between these four lines, these four very playable lines in the Toronto Philly game? Well, the the two lines that interest me the most, you know, matchup independent would be the Matthews line and the Couturier line, but I'm expecting them to face each other. Like, Vino's not a dumb coach. He puts Couturier against the top opposition that's clearly Matthews it's not JT especially with Trevor Moore playing with Tavares so I'm expecting Couturier and Matthews to basically eat each other's minutes you know they'll get shots they probably won't get insane chances you know I'm not gonna say definitively one way or the other like I would expect if if Philly's second line scores it's gonna come on special teams so to me, the two line would be JT Marner Moore or JVR Giroux Voracek because both those lines are pretty junky defensively. Uh, it's a small sample size, obviously. Um, JVR mostly played on the third line last year, so he doesn't have a whole lot of minutes. I think 66 with uh, Giroux and Voracek, but they're just super high pace both ways. Um, JT and Marner, same thing, like. They're allowing 30-plus, 30 35-ish shots per 60. And that, to me, like, they're going to be playing so much ice. Those would be the two lines that I'm looking at. Even though, you know, Philly 1's pretty damn expensive, it's a better power play unit, too. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about the power play because I like I think that's kind of the trade-off here is that I think Philly 2 is the better line at 5-on-5, five five, while Philly 1 is the better line on the power play. So I, I think that's the trade-off. I mean, I, like for me, I'd be right back on the Philly 2 train. I've been playing them quite a bit this year, and it's it's gone all right. Like I said, I think they're a really good line, um, and I'm not really worried about the matchup. I like the price too. I mean, the fact that they're back under 16k means you compare them with another like pretty good line, and not you know have to be fishing for a $2,700 defenseman or whatever. Um, but I do like your call about um, going with the Philly top line instead and really taking advantage of that power play. Uh, or penalty kill of Toronto. I, it's going to be tough to pick. I mean, like I said, I think there's four viable lines. I mean. Realistically, if you if you there's no need to go to a third line on this slate, but if you wanted to, even the Hayes Faraby raffle line isn't that bad. Like um, Hayes, I think Hayes has been a lot better than than people realize this year. And he, like if he's still pretty cheap um, on DK. He's forty six hundred. Like he's been he's been more productive than Couturier. Like going into Friday night, and he's a thousand almost a thousand dollars cheaper on this slate. So um, don't do not mind Hayes as a one off. Okay. We're uh, going to wrap it up here uh, in a little bit. I just want to remind everybody that uh, you can find my work over at DauberHockey.com. You can find Adam's work over at DauberHockey.com as well. Um, I'm with I'm doing stuff for Osmo, um, NHL DFS uh, explicitly. Um, I do video shows and uh, articles for them, so you can find my stuff over there. None of our work none of our not this podcast isn't affiliated with any of the websites that we write for or work for in any other capacity so uh besides dauber hockey where else can the people find your uh your glorious work nhl or otherwise uh well i write about golf for fantasy golf insider and i do my little patreon sheet but basically just go to my twitter uh it's a bunch of weird retweets and max wife jokes but every now and again offer something of value it's uh, at a-d-a-l-y-f-r-e-y <laughs> ex-wife jokes like that that one with jim jeffries <laughs> uh where he was talking about the std falling out of the sky or whatever it was i don't know what the hell you're talking about i sent it to you it was it was a joke from his tv show and it was about how like an std was falling out of the sky and he was like oh it's a bird it's a plane oh it's the reason my wife left me Jesus. <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> oh, it's a good nope. joke. Anyways, it was a good wife joke. Okay. I'm going to let you think about it for a second, but I think we should uh, give the listeners a couple of our favorite lines on the entire slate. Um, I know which lines I like. Um, again, we're going to have to see what the Arizona lines look like uh, tomorrow. Hopefully, we get some sort of line combinations. But if the top line is Schmaltz, Keller, and Kessel, um, I'm probably going to have a fair bit of them. One, because they're so cheap. Uh, and two... I think it gets it's a spot that'll get overlooked because a lot of people are kind of in our situation where they're really getting sick of trying to chase down Arizona information. So um, I do like that Arizona top line quite a bit. Uh, that Philly second line or Philly second line because of the price, I do um, like that as well. Uh, finally, I'm probably going to be going to the well with the Buffalo top line. They look like absolute garbage against Washington here, at least in the first period um, on Friday night. Uh, but their prices have started coming down. Um, both Reinhardt and Olsen are down under 6K. 
Um, you can stack Hireline for under 20K now. They are over 21K for a fair bit. They're at home to the Islanders, and the Islanders, I think, are a lot worse than people realize. Like like last year, the goaltending is masking some issues, and you can talk about system all you want, but if you have a 44% shot share team, your team sucks. That's just the way it is. So Buffalo at home, um, I don't care if it's a back-to-back for them because it's also a back-to-back for the Islanders. Uh, price coming down. I think it's a spot where they get a little bit overlooked because it's such a big slate. And again, it's the Islanders. I think people imagine fashion that or imagine that the Islanders fashion themselves as as these dis- defensive wizards when they're actually just riding goaltending. Like so. Uh, Arizona top line provided Schmaltz is there. Philadelphia second line because of price. Uh, Buffalo top line because I think they get overlooked. Those are three lines that I think I'm going to have a fair amount of tomorrow. But this is all tentative. Uh, again, we're doing this we're doing this podcast about 22 hours before the slate even starts. So um, those are the three lines that I'm going to be looking at. Is there any particular lines that we've discussed, or maybe some ones that we haven't discussed that you might be have some interest in besides <laughs> game stacking Boston and Ottawa? well uh i mean i touched on vegas like i don't think you can go wrong with any of their top three lines um that third line especially super cheap value um but one of the ones we didn't really touch on at all was calgary's top line reasonably priced uh lindholm somehow the most expensive is 6100 and they're playing columbus team back-to-back traveling from st louis to calgary uh and it's a home game for calgary right so Usually the backland line takes the the heavy heavy minutes, so Monahan should be able to play against Alex Wenberg, who pretty much sucks in his own end. So I'd expect you know a lot of scoring opportunities at five on five, and then obviously on the power play, like they're dynamic. You get the full correlation. Um, other than that, I mean, we pretty much touched on. Boston top line, obviously. Uh, okay. Philly top line. All right. But... Let me let me throw this one out to you then. Logan Brown, Anthony Duclair, Brady Kachuk. I, I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, it's okay. Because the way I look at it is that this is a jack-off game for the Bruins, right? They don't give a shit about this game. They're expecting you to just roll. I mean, I don't want to assume it's a, it's a trap game, so I'm going to call it a jack-off game because a jack-off game is what happens when there's nothing else going on. You know what I mean? So we'll call it a jog. Um, I think that the Bruins... Bruins just you know get up two or three nothing and then just give up on the game and I think so the the problem like you know I kind of see what you're saying or whatever I I know they're gonna be matched up against the Bergeron line no not not even that it's just the price tag like they're not not that cheap they're not super cheap right like Kachuk's 6100 and yeah he fires the puck a lot but I almost shit a brick when I saw Duclair in the 4k range I was like what well I mean he's he's another huge shot maker but like the thing is you're not going to win a gpp unless they score three times and i as Anthony much as i like him, Hattrick, you heard it here first <laughs> we should just sign off with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right peace out yeah uh no anyways i'm just throwing that out there because i think I, I probably will have one or two but no like, I, I don't hate it or whatever but maybe if you're in the 40 lineup range yeah all right so, all right, we're going to sign off here soon, but I wanted to ask you your opinion. Have you been watching The Watchmen? I have not been. You haven't been? Okay. No, so I've got them downloaded 
probably what I'll do once my lineups are done tonight. Means, Adam means using HBO Max like a good legal citizen. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do have Crave, so I guess I could watch it. Oh, there you go. Le- legally. But, uh, no, mostly I've just been watching wrestling and sports. SCU. <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't know. Wasn't a big fan of that title change, but that's a different topic for a different day. Everybody, thank you very much for listening to our nonsense. Um, we will be back next week. Like I said, it, there's just been some technical issues, and then we had um, there's been some personal things come up. So um, we're excited to be back. We're excited to be doing these um, every week again. We might be doing these once in a while on a Wednesday for Thursday slate, um, or we might be doing it Friday for a Saturday slate. All that we can promise is that we're going to try our best to um, start doing these against once a week. So, for Adam Daly, this is Michael Clifford in the Tic Tac Toad Hockey Podcast. Good luck, everybody, on your Saturday night slate. Sweet. <laughs>